This is a Village Soundcast Network original production. This is FinCast, the official podcast of Fin, the Atlantic International Film Festival, brought to you in partnership with the Village Soundcast Network. We are Atlantic Canada's curator of epic and unforgettable stories. I'm Wayne Carter, executive director at the festival. And I'm Kumbi, a local actor and filmmaker. Join us as we talk to some of the best and brightest in Atlantic filmmaking about their films in this year's festival and take a deep dive into all the incredible national and international programming we'll be offering. You're not going to want to miss this. This is FinCast. I'm Wayne. I'm Kumbi. We're going to be talking about national and international films at the actual Fin Atlantic International Film Festival here in Halifax this year, which is September 14 to 21. Um, always interesting stuff happening on the national international scene. And, you know, with what's going on in the in sort of what I'll call the film exhibition business, so many films get made now and they, they don't really get widely seen. You know, we, we talk a lot uh, sort of at length about the fact that there were films that were in last year's festival that the only time they played on a big screen uh, was last year at the film festival. I know, Kumi, you and I were talking about, you said you saw Elle. Yeah, well, my mom and I get really into the Oscars. And so for me, that's where I get my foreign film titles from. And so then I try and see those ones. And it can get really daunting when that list comes out. And it's like, oh, I have to see all of these. But with the film festival, if you can see them ahead of time, it sort of lessens the load. And so, yeah, Elle was one of the ones I had to try and find because I didn't know. Elle was incredible, huh? <laughs> yes. Yeah. I know it's it's really a shame that more people didn't get a chance to see it. You know, I thought when Isabelle Huppert got nominated for Best Actress, I thought, oh, you know, this movie's going to maybe get a wide release. It might have had she won, but it's a hardcore movie. It, it's, 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 it's a, a hard one. one to watch. I was grateful to be at home, to be honest. <laughs> Look, I love Paul Verhoeven, and you know what? I, I knew, I, I actually, when I did the intro in the movie last year, and, you know, it's Sex and Violence, I love Love sex and violence, and he does sex and violence, and boy, did he do it in this one. <laughs> well, I mean, yeah, if you're looking for someone who's not going to play a victim, and you're looking for that strong female character who's also complicated, you will, uh, you'll find it in Elle. She's an absolutely incredible actress, and you know, uh, it, it, with with her as the subject matter, uh, this year I was fortunate enough to go to Cannes for the first time ever, and I only saw a small group of films there because I was actually there for our film co-production conference uh, as an attendee. But um, the couple of movies that I did get a chance to see a couple of them are in the festival here in Halifax this year and one of them stars Isabelle Huppert uh, Michael Haneke who is a personal favorite of mine uh, you know people may know him from uh, the White Ribbon uh, back as far as the piano teacher uh, he made this incredibly incredibly dark film called Funny Games which he then remade in English and then you and I were talking also a little earlier about Amour uh, oh, which he did a couple of years ago got Oscar nominations for it uh, you know Emmanuel Riva uh, as well as uh, Jean-Louis Tatignon. Well, Jean-Louis returns in uh, Michael Haneke's new film as well. It's called Happy End, and it's actually going to be at the festival on the September the 20th at 9.30. It's one of our galas. Uh, boy, you know, to first of all see a film by Michael Haneke called Happy End, I laughed out <laughs> loud when I saw the title. Michael Haneke has never made a happy movie in his life. He doesn't know how to make happy. Mm. So you're sort of walking into this thinking, uh, yeah, okay, well, what am I in for? Well, the key part might be the end. 
<laughs> and the poster. If you get a chance to see the poster, you'll get a sense that, yeah, there's probably nothing happy going on in this movie. You know, he, he uh, in this one, he really takes on a lot of subjects. Uh, it's, it's about sort of a bourgeois French family that are falling apart at the seams in every direction. There's all sorts of things going wrong. And then it also works into a very interesting um, sort of uh, thought process and, and commentary on the refugee situation in Europe. Uh, because, you know, obviously that's a, you know, that's a factor that's a big thing in France. So, you know, with a, with a Haneke film, you're, you're never going to get a light ride. It's just not the way it works with him. Um, I, I, you know, so as, is that something that you look for when, you know, when you're looking to see a film at a film festival? Do you want to go for a rough ride? I honestly, I've tried to become strategic and I try and spread them out. Um, <laughs> last year when I was doing my, you know, Oscar foreign film binge, I ended up watching just like a full day's worth of very depressing, very upsetting films. Yes. It took me a while to get out of it. So now I'm trying to sort of uh, balance it out a little bit. But yeah, I definitely... Yeah, I you know I, I I don't know. It probably maybe says something about me. I I am the king of dysfunction. I am all about dark and dysfunction. Dysfunction is great, but I, yeah, mental health uh, steady, is also. steady diet of dark and dysfunction for me. So when yeah, when I find out Haneke's making a film, I literally like my heart is full of glee because I just think, oh. What what horrifying thing is he going to there's, show us about humanity this there's time? There's different kinds of horrifying and upsetting, though. There's the kind that makes you think about yourself and your life and is more introverted, and then there's the oh my goodness, the world is terrible. And yeah, but and yeah, <laughs> it's really interesting that you'd say that because you know uh, if you reflect back over kind of the last decade or two of movies, you know the the world is a really different place than it was ten years ago. Uh, you know uh, maybe not you know in some corners of the world, but there certainly is this kind of you know there's this feeling that the world is in a bit of a darker spot and I think movies really talk a lot about that you know I mean art in general usually uh, you know is making a real commentary about the world that we're in and the world we're around um, but it's interesting the other film that I saw at Cannes uh, that is actually finding its way into the festival this year and it's a, a film that I, I don't know how well known it's going to get I really do hope that at Oscar time it ends up being nominated for Best Foreign Language Film I thought the movie was incredible. It's a movie called Beats Per Minute. It's directed by a guy named Robin Campillo, which I didn't know a whole lot about him. He's a French director. But Beats Per Minute is about, um, it takes place in the early 90s, and it's a two and a half hour movie about the ACT UP Paris organization. And again, uh, uh, no, it's it's a it's a docudrama. And um, what's really kind of cool about it is, uh, are you familiar with ACT UP, uh, that, that thing at all? Sort of, not. Yeah, so I mean, you know, during the sort of the height of the AIDS crisis, in the late 80s and early 90s and I think ACT I think the ACT UP organization started in New York uh, but they basically were sort of a grassroots militant um, you know a, a sort of a, 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 an, an organization who were taking on uh, medical firms uh, governments and whatnot who were basically watching people die of AIDS and not really doing anything about it uh, but instead of uh, you know trying to go through what I'll call uh, you know regular channels of lobbying governments and you know they, they basically said no people are dying we don't have time to do that. Mm -hmm. So people were getting together in small groups, and then they became very sort of militant. They were going into uh, uh, far, you know pharmacy, uh, pharmaceutical companies, and you know throwing blood bags against walls and calling them murderers and and that sort of thing. So um, 
so it, so it's very much sort of an aggressive activism, which had kind of gone away for a period of time. Aggressive activism was a big part of the you know the '60s and the early part of the '70s, but then it sort of died out a little bit. But I think um, the ACT UP in particular organization, uh, and then what happened is they started to spring up in cities all over the world, and Paris was one of them. Mm-hmm. And so beats per minute for the first hour of the film, it's very much a kind of an intriguing inside look into grassroots activism, how people are motivated to go meet on their own time and and basically plan and strategize as to how they feel that they're going to make a difference. But what's really intriguing about this movie is in the second hour and a half, it then becomes this unbelievably touching romance uh, between two of the guys who are members of this team and one of them is very ill. And um, I, I, I won't lie, the movie moved me to tears a couple of times. I found um, I found its, uh, its emotion very, very real to the point that when I left the film, uh, I thought, I need to know who this Robin Rick Campillo guy is. He's done a bunch of films, but I found that he was actually a member of Act Up Paris. Oh, great. So he was obviously bringing some real sort of personal, personal piece to this. So Despite the fact that this is a, a you know a docudrama, and I don't think these people were real people, I think they're based on real people, mm-hmm. and that's so important, right? To come from exactly, a place and of that was my sort of my question to you is you know uh, how when you're involved in a project, you know do do you you know how much of yourself do you try and bring into that? Is that something that attracts you to a project? Oh, for sure. Um, I mean, anything I've ever written is me yep. in some form or another. <laughs> um, but then, yeah, even the projects that I'm interested or excited about, it's, yeah, it's, I want to see a version of me or explore a version of me or a part of me or something like that. Um, but I, I love that he was involved in that project. I, that's That, I think, is so important. I was saying before the not about us without us, (laughs) that that whole thing, telling other people's stories. It's such a fine line because um, as artists, as filmmakers, theater makers, art makers, um, you want to be as free as you possibly can be. But I think there is room for collaboration. And so even if it's not your story, it can be... You can find a way into it while also finding those people who it is their story. Yes. And I think, yeah, it's important to do that. Well, and and the thing that was, you know, the, this this film, and and you know, we'll move on to talk about some other films, but stylistically, this film was incredible. I mean, it it goes from these sort of surreal moments of of uh, this group of people dancing in a nightclub, and they're and they're not really in a club. You can tell they're in a studio, and there's mm-hmm. sort of disco lights happening, and sort of you know, seventies seventies uh, disco music playing, and you know, there'll be glitter floating around, and then all of a sudden, the glitter starts to become cells in a bloodstream, and it mm-hmm. it it was it was absolutely incredible. I'm I'm getting a little bit of uh, goosebumps talking <laughs> about it again. It's yeah, a really powerful movie. So I'm really hoping that people turn out to this because this is a film that's probably not going to get a massive release by any stretch. And I, I really do believe that this is one of those films that we're going to be showing that this time next year will be like, oh, there was another uh, you know Oscar winner that showed at the uh, Atlantic International Film Festival in 2017 that you know won an award. Um, yeah, you know we were talking also um, we're going to be showing Borg McEnroe, which is going to be Tiff's opening night film this year. We're going to be showing it on the 19th of September at 9.30. This is um, <clears throat> a film, obviously, about Bjorn Borg and John McEnroe. John McEnroe is played by Shia LaBeouf. Are you a Shia LaBeouf fan? Uh, I can't say that I am. I mean, I watched Even Stevens, but <laughs> that was a while ago. <laughs> you gotta admit, though, he's kind of a cool guy, right? I mean, I, Honestly, I j- literally, like a week ago, read a really unfortunate article about... Uh, 
an incident that happened with him and police and him making some racial comments. Oh, is that right? Stuff and. Uh, I don't know him. I've never but is he a, him. Is but he a provocateur? I mean, is he just one of these guys who just goes out and tries to get in the news? I mean... It's so boring. I don't... I'm so curious to see this film because for me, it has to be really good. Like, if we're going to do the thing where we ignore the lead or the maker's yeah, politics yeah. Yes. and we say, oh, okay, they're just acting. Yeah, it's just a job. And that's becoming a real thing now. It's becoming a yes. huge thing. I'm fascinated by that concept of, you know, people boycotting Wonder Woman yes. um, but not boycotting Manchester by the Sea or yes. uh, Birth of a Nation and that film just died. Yes. I'm so fascinated by who we pick and choose. I, I agree with that. That's, um, that's that's very interesting. I completely agree. And, you know, Shia LaBeouf, as, as I said, he his the projects that he picks, he's a bit like James Franco. He's always picking these sort of weird uh, off-kilter things. And then, you know, Borg McEnroe, which was a film that we obviously knew there was a bit of buzz around, but then Tiff comes out and says, this is their opening night film. It tells me it's a Swedish film. Uh, mm-hmm. A lot of, and luckily the Bjorn Borg character is speaking Swedish with subtitles as opposed That's to someone speaking English. <laughs> um, you know, and it is an interesting story between Borg and McEnroe. I, I think anybody who has an interest in professional sports and whatnot will have a lot of interest in seeing this film. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, I, I the Shia LaBeouf thing, uh, really interesting. <laughs> Did you see American Honey last year? No. 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 You know what? A lot of people really loved it. Yeah, a lot of people really loved it. And, uh, you know, he was in that. Um, and you that's know, fine. I'm Personally, I am okay with separating someone's politics from the work that they do because yep. I just think every single film you've ever watched, your most favorite film in the entire world, someone who worked on it sucked. <laughs> like, it's just guaranteed. Too many people work on film. Of course. It's for sure. And so I try not to pick and choose However, <laughs> it, it is has hard to though. Be good, I think you know it's really hard if somebody integral to the film has done something or has you know or even been accused of doing something. It, it's really hard to start to separate yourself from that if it's something that speaks very very loudly to your own sort of personal politics I or mean, if moral we, compass. If we as a society or, were to come together and decide, okay, if this happens, we're not going to support their work. I'd be okay with that. I yeah. would go I would go along with that. But because we pick and choose and I'm very skeptical of how and why we pick and choose, um, that's what makes me go. I'm not <laughs> I can't I can't get in, get into this. Well, and it's and it <clears throat> sort of dovetailing into another film that we're showing in, as part of our international program. We have a Spanish film playing called A Fantastic Woman on September the 17th at 9, and it's actually, and this is, I mean, this is a big deal, um, it's a, a a bit of a thriller, uh, but a transgender, uh, a transgender woman, uh, it's actually played by a transgender woman. Oh my god. <laughs> What a concept. The feeling of relief that I have right now is so ridiculous. The film, uh, I, I'll be honest, I haven't actually seen the film. I've seen the trailer, and I urge anybody who has some interest in seeing this movie, go check out the trailer on YouTube for A Fantastic Woman. The movie looks incredible, mm-hmm. and she looks like she does an absolutely extraordinary performance. So, uh, But again, it's, it's, it's back to that sort of, you know, um, and, and I don't want to call it political correctness, it's more about uh, doing the right thing. Yeah. You know, uh, you. yeah, it's yes. doing the right thing. And, uh, and, and it's interesting that a Spanish film seems to be the one to have taken on this, uh, this particular subject matter. And, uh, you know, when you look at the sort of lengthy history of Pedro Almodovar, uh, you know, who I don't know if you're a fan of uh, Pedro Almodovar, but, you know, he's probably Spain's... Um, uh, you know, it's always hard to throw these comments around. He's certainly one of Spain's greatest 
filmmakers. You know, he's been making films for uh, 35, 40 years. Um, his, one of his most famous, he won a foreign language film Oscar for was called All About My Mother. And uh, it's an incredible movie. Um, and he, you know, he is uh, part of the uh, LGBTQ community and he's always represented that community in his films. Um, but he even himself has had uh, transgender characters played in his films that are not true transgendered people. And, uh, you know, so it's very interesting to see this sort of uh, turn of events that's happening in this kind of um, you know a, a change that that really needs to happen mm-hmm. um, but it's it's taking a little longer than perhaps it should uh, but it, it's very interesting that this is coming from Spain of all places and again as I said the trailer the trailer just makes the movie look absolutely incredible uh, see this is hard there are thrillers are not my thing <laughs> I, I, I say thriller um, you know I, I, I may be loosely using that word uh, I, I don't think it's like it's not a intense thriller it seems like uh, she starts a relationship with an older man and they go away on a vacation and something happens to him and she's trying to get him to the hospital and he falls down the stairs and the whole sort of onus is not about the fact that she was there with him as his partner and was there uh, it, it seems to start uh, start to everybody seems to think that it has this ominous dark uh, under when it didn't at all very interesting yeah, yeah and, and and so it becomes all about uh, her and, mm-hmm. and, and her role in this when in actuality all she was trying to do was help him down the stairs and he was a big man and he fell out of her arms oh that's great you know that so it, it really yeah it, it, it looks like an incredible movie I'm trying yeah. to be less like oh I don't like thrillers because well I <laughs> I mean, we're not talking about it right now, but yep. the child remains. My, yes. um, that I loved. Yeah, yep. um, and yep. I probably would not have. <laughs> yeah, and you know that that's that's going to be an interesting conversation that we'll have as well. Yeah, you know, in in another in another episode uh, about the child remains, and you know what constitutes a thriller, what constitutes a horror film, uh, what do you refer to as genre? Those are all very very interesting things that yeah we obviously want to bring up with them. <laughs> uh, but you know, talking about um, talking about back on sort of the international and, and stuff that's coming to the festival, there's another really cool film that we're going to be showing. Um, September the 18th at 6 o'clock. Uh, it's one of our special presentations. It's a movie called Breathe. And uh, it stars Andy Andrew Garfield. I guess Andrew, I don't want to say Andy. Andrew, <laughs> Andrew Garfield. Uh, Spider-Man and, you know, that, that uh, lovely young actor. And Claire Foy. Really, really interesting movie about um, a gentleman in, I'm going to say, the 50s, I think he was diagnosed. Um, he was diagnosed in the 50s with polio. And at that point in time, obviously, uh, you know, iron lung became where people inevitably went uh, when they, you know, when they were, uh, you know, inflicted with this horrible disease. And um, he was the gentleman, his last name was Cavendish, and he was the gentleman who, along with a friend, uh, developed a, a wheelchair uh, that would uh, allow the apparatus to be in the wheelchair that basically freed people uh, for the rest of time from an iron lung. They, they changed people's lives. It's, um, you know, it's one of those films that you go, okay, I've seen these kinds of movies before, these sort of, you know, uh, you know movies that take on a disease. And, uh, but I have to say this one was not as cliched as I, as I had anticipated before I saw it. And um, the thing that was the most interesting about it is it's the directorial debut of Andy Serkis. And for the listeners who know who he is, I don't have to uh, explain, but for those of you who don't know, uh, Andy Serkis is actually predominantly an actor, and he plays Gollum, and he plays uh, the, the the primary ape in the new Apes series. And anytime people seem to need a guy to uh, come into a film and play something that isn't quite human, Andy Serkis <laughs> sticks a whole lot of dots all over himself and becomes that 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 uh, character. Um, I was curious. You're you know you're an actor. Um, 
Does that, is that, do those kind of roles even, like, do they interest you? Would you love to take on something like that? I mean, yes. I would probably have to go back to my, like, theater school days and look at the journals of when I was, like, crawling around the floor. <laughs> and it's very different from what I've been doing recently. Um, but yeah, no, that's fascinating. And he's incredible at that. And you see the behind the scenes videos. Have you seen any of those? Uh, and he's got all it's of extraordinary. this stuff on. And it's like, it's amazing. But how do you get into the mindset of that? <laughs> I mean, I, I've i never played a role like that, but I would imagine it would be similar to any other role where you do your homework and you figure out what, well, for me, how I can fit into that person or that thing in this particular case. Um, but I just, I love that he came out with this film as his directorial debut. Like, I love, because you were saying you were so surprised that this was what he picked for his first thing. And it's like, we have no idea. We it was the complete <laughs> antithesis of what I thought he would ever take on to be a, a directorial debut. Mm-hmm. And you know, and I, and I will say, look, um, you know, I I am not a guy who's particularly keen on what I call um, uh, emotional pornography, <laughs> and these are films that you know manipulate you right from the very beginning. And you know what? And they know when you sit down in the chair, we're going to make you cry at this particular music cue and this particular long shot and this. And <laughs> I I really hate those kinds of movies. To be quite honest, I I I actually had a lot of time for this movie. I mm-hmm. I thought it never pandered. Uh, and then one of the things also that I thought was really interesting is is that, um, and I, I you know I don't really want to take a whole lot away from this film, but um, basically just after this gentleman is stricken with polio, he's stricken uh, around the time his wife discovers she's pregnant, and she gives birth to a son, and so the son becomes a sort of a, a really big part of the story because uh, this poor man never ever gets to hold his son hmm. because he loses all use of his uh, of his body, and um, you know the the sad thing is is that uh, you know he. He he doesn't really get a chance to 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 have as much of a physical connection with his son as mo- as many people would. Uh, but uh, when I saw the closing credits of the film, uh, the son is actually integrally involved in the film, and if I'm not mistaken, is the producer. Um, so uh, again, you know, back to our you know earlier comments, the comments you were making about people who you know bring real experience into real stories, and not uh, you know, and not just an entire group of bystanders telling someone's story. This is this gentleman's story being told by his son, and uh, I, I I thought that was remarkable. Mm-hmm. That sounds great. Yeah. So you know, um, uh, international films always become a really big part of the festival. Uh, you know, we uh, and when I say international, I also include national. You know our, our our Canadian features and whatnot. Uh, these films are always a big, big part of why people come to the festival. Our sort of claim to fame these days is, as I said at the beginning of this, you know, a lot of these films only play on a big screen in uh, Atlantic Canada, perhaps at film festivals and 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 at uh, the Finn Atlantic International Film Festival. So um, we're excited about this year's program. You know, last year we we were fortunate. We had at on Friday night at seven o'clock. We had this. You know, last year's best picture winner Moonlight a film nobody had that heard of at that me. time that shocked me because I didn't know it was at the festival and then you know watched it a hundred times and it, <laughs> abs- oh it's an incredible movie we had Manchester by the Sea we had L. we had Land of Mine we had The Salesman we we had so many films that went on to be uh, 
major contenders in the awards, you know, gambit that happens later on in the year. This year is going to be exactly the same. We just know it. Some of these films that we've talked about and a whole lot that we've not talked about that people can find out about if they go onto our website at finfestival.ca. Uh, our entire program schedule is up there. Take some time. There'll be program guides hitting the streets in early September. Uh, you know, read up on these films. We like to say we are Atlantic Canada's curator of epic and unforgettable stories. We want people to think of the festival like that. Uh, we watch a lot of films, and then we put them all together in a program, and we believe that everything that's here, it might not be to your taste, but everything that's here, we know you're going to love it because it's awesome. And we have an awesome program this year, and I'm really hoping that people uh, turn out to check out some of our international stuff this year. We hope you enjoyed this episode of FinCast on the international submissions. Listen again to the next episode when we talk to Darcy Spidel, Danica Vandersteen, and Seth Smith about their film, The Crescent. Thanks for listening to FinCast, brought to you in partnership with the Village Soundcast Network. If you want to know more, visit finfestival.ca. We'll see you again soon. This was a Village Soundcast Network original production.